Welcome back to Beyond Well. I'm Sheila Hamilton, and this is a program for people who want to learn more about our interior lives. And we have been so blessed to have Kathleen Birkins with us. She is the founder of Wellness Revolution and herself a registered nurse and a health and wellness coach. Kathleen and I have been talking about how important it is to actually understand relationship not just in terms of relationship to yourself, but in relationship to your romantic partner, to your business partners, to the people that you serve in your family. And why is that? Because so oftentimes when we're not doing well, when we think that we're suffering emotionally or our mental or physical health is doubting, we end up kind of taking it out on the people we're in relationship with. So we're going to talk about some of those dynamics today with Kathleen. It's so good to see you, Kathleen. How are you? Wonderful. Well, I'm doing great and I'm excited and delighted to be here again and to share whatever information I can that can help people because we are going into quite a time. I mean, I don't know if any of you listening are into astrology, but there's going to be a huge Venus retrograde this summer, which what that means is that we will review our relationships. So it's quite an interesting moment on the planet. We already have so many problems with people's willingness to commit to relationships. How do you think that that evolved? What happened to us as human beings that we became so unwilling to stick in there with others? Well, I think we have a problem where people have genetic karma. Our DNA is very powerful. On the DNA are unresolved issues so you could inherit something, but it really runs your life. So let's say you were born in a family and then you said, wow, little Johnny acts like dad when he's angry. And you're like, wow, did you observe that too? And he reacts to the same, almost the same situation. We already are inheriting in the period of the first seven years of life, when we're very vulnerable, we're also picking up everything in our environment. Let's say behaviors or dysfunction is passed down through generations in those critical seven years when we're developing a sense of who we are and where we want to go. So mm -hmm. when we see communication problems already, which are all there in many relationships on the planet, we see people who are like either avoiding conflict or people who are creating conflict, basically unresolved conflict or not being heard with mm. each other. And so we then pick that up. You know, it's funny because it's not just even what we witness, but I have heard people say, my parents never talked to me about alcohol. I didn't realize that in my DNA, I have a very strong influence toward alcoholism, both our grandparents and our great grandparents who died early because of alcoholism died. So when I started drinking, I didn't know really where it came from. I didn't know the impulse or the vulnerability. And so it's not even just what we're witnessing. It could still be those genetic markers that say, this is going to be your reality. Yeah. But that's interesting because now we have this new science epigenetics that is showing us a different reality that we have the power epi means above genetics to change so but you have to do that consciously right consciousness it's your awareness influencing and the energetic field around mm -hmm. you 
So if you don't do it consciously, that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. So if you're not consciously creating it, guess what? That subconscious with all those limiting beliefs and emotions, low frequency emotions are in that subconscious. What we're awakening to right now on the planet is how we can find our own power in this. How can we learn to take our own responsibility? And this is one of the things with relationships. If we are in a relationship, we are connecting. That's what a relationship is. So if we are connecting or not connecting, that's interesting, right? Yeah. We want to connect, right? You want to connect. What happens over time with a relationship? Well, relationships are actually not always meant for a lifetime. And that's the illusion. So we come into this planet and we, you know, have role models and not all good ones, as you just said. Um, but we see people, at least in my generation, oh, you should be married. The father and the mother should stay married. And it should be a man and a woman at my time. That's what it was. That's what we thought. But my goodness, the new generation's already exploding through that. Thank God. Yes. What is happening is that these relationships are not for a lifetime, right? They're for a reason, season, or lifetime. The reason you have the relationship, have you thought about it? Is it just for a temporary time? Mm -hmm. Or are they your soul family? Yeah. Like a soulmate. That's different. I love that distinction, a reason, a season, or a lifetime, because I think it could especially help people who have made the hard choice to separate to not blame and ridicule and and other the person as being a huge failure. If you put it in that framework of it's just a season, I came here for this season to learn from you for this particular thing, it really can help people move to the next thing, right? Yes, and see what happens a lot of times is they get stuck in a relationship for a long time and then they become angry because they are not creative and they don't feel alive. We're here to feel alive, to be creators. We have learned our lesson from that particular relationship. Then what happens is we need to give ourselves permission and in unconditional love for self. And I believe it's the most important relationship we have is with ourselves. As we're going through life, we're not thinking about our own relationship with ourselves. We're just needing and yeah. wanting something. We've been just looking uh, to create our reality linearly. So we will, we would like that relationship and we have to be a certain way, be good enough, and then we'll be loved. I also think there's an awful lot of projection that goes on. Like they better yeah. supply that need in the moment they stop supplying it. Man, I got to change that person. <laughs> if we all kind of looked at our own projections, it's like, whoops, I think that's something you have to look at. Yeah, we are we are truly the masters of denial and other scapegoating uh, defense. Yeah. Actually, those defense mechanisms help us survive. Yeah. We have to create our own safety, right? That's the thing. Yeah. But a relationship should be safe. And when a relationship becomes unsafe, that's a reason for the termination of that relationship, period. It's so fascinating, Kathleen, that you talk about safety because I think it's, one of the most trope ideas that young women go after is they actually pursue men who are dangerous. They pursue yeah. men who are so exciting. They pursue men who will not call them back 
or do not act at all as if they're in a safe space. What part of human development is that from? Yeah, so those are limiting beliefs. So in the subconscious, they probably have a program, and this these are the programs you're talking about. I'm not good enough. And when you have that program running, then you're going to make choices that hurt you in the end. It, it's almost like an ego thing. You want to feel good about yourself. I'll compare it to this. You go to the shopping mall and you know how you buy that great dress. How long does it feel good for? <laughs> Do you mean, is it one time or two times that you get to wear it before? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So this is the same with relationships. Yeah. So it becomes an addiction. I want to see if I'm good enough. This guy will like me. Then I'm really good enough. You see? Instead of reprogramming the subconscious to begin with, that you're good enough, and then that person would not be attractive to. Kathleen, what do you think are some of the most essential questions that we can ask of ourselves before we embark on relationship with others to determine whether or not we're even ready to be in relationship? I think relationships, we're here for this purpose. We have relationships with ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have relationship with a higher self, call it universal field, source, God, whatever you want. We have relationships with each other. It's the beauty of life to be in a relationship. It's called love bonding. Mm -hmm. And actually it occurs at the cell level also. Our cells do everything we do. And yeah. cells either love each other and bond or they retract and repel. Wow. And so we do that too. So we go through our life and through our frequency, we are attracted or not to somebody. Hmm. And that is very interesting. And it can be a soul that you know already. It hmm. can be just a physical attraction. So it can be many reasons that we are attracted to the soul. Then we want to bond because that bonding is whole. And we're searching for that desperately there's unhealthy relationships and healthy and unhealthy are based on dependency and need. And I have to have this person mm -hmm. to feel good about myself and all those reasons we talked about. And a healthy relationship is when two souls are uniquely standing on their own and supporting each other, which mm -hmm. means that they're honest. If you have that honesty, that's support because the minute you don't have the honesty, then there's no support for this relationship. They're supporting each other to build the other up, to wish them well. So what can go wrong in the relationship, particularly if you're with narcissists, other kind of relationships, all dependent, dependency. And it's not based on strength or love. It's based on need. And so when we have a relationship like that, it's like a lesson to say that doesn't serve us anymore. Mm. I don't think people should feel guilty. I think people should say they needed the experience to learn to love themselves more. Because often you do talk to people who are in these kind of unhealthy relationships, and then they feel better. When they learn the lesson, they choose a whole different person. I, I'm also so struck by how many people are sort of repetitive serial monogamous that the minute that they're out of one relationship, they're back into another relationship, a very similar circumstance. 
And I, I think that the question around what sort of inquiry do you need to be doing with oneself to determine why this repetitive pattern is happening? Do you go back to those early childhood things about were you afraid of being uh, left alone? Were you ignored? Were your needs sublimated? Do you have to do that sort of difficult inquiry to understand your patterning and reasoning? Well, I think this is coming to consciousness, ability to reflect on our life and who we are. The, you know, the first thing on consciousness is asking that question, who am I and why am I here on earth? How many people even ask that? So we ask that question and then we say, okay, if who am I is about connecting with myself and really appreciating myself, that's the first thing a child should do. They yeah. should go through these stages. And most of the time, those stages get cut off. Like COVID was a big cutoff, right? It was very heavy. 16 to 25 year olds today, that was a decoy. You were delayed in your development many years and that you have to do that now, that work. Mm. Because if you don't, you'll be your whole life trying to do that work, which yeah. is going to affect your relationships. You know, in adolescence, the important thing is to ask that question, who am I? It's also so interesting to me in that people's relationship to work has so often been formed by other mostly parental views of what is success or what is okay in our family of origin. When if people really think about their own relationship to their life and their own spiritual development, it is often not the case that they'd be doing the job that they have. That's true. It is yeah. chilling. I'm so glad you mentioned that because first of all, if we are not happy with ourselves, that's a crisis. Mm -hmm. And we try to get in a relationship, not happy with ourselves. That's a second crisis. Mm -hmm. The third crisis is then we get a job because we're surviving that we don't like. Right. So this is the rut of humanity. We yeah. have to break it. And for all of you that are just starting your careers, always go for what you love mm -hmm. because then it will be easy mm -hmm. and you will make enough money and don't listen to what anyone says. It's so funny how I think people have have been conditioned to recognize their innate abilities, but they don't trust that those innate abilities are gifted enough or magical enough to actually make a living from them. And I think that that relationship is one of the most important we could heal because in order to confront some of the problems we have coming up, we got to have the most imaginative, creative people possible. Definitely. And I do believe they're coming. I do believe in these new kids. But I want to mention something. In a relationship, let's, we talked about dependence, right? Having each other's back. But we also don't have very good examples in the world with how to handle conflict. And this is what can destroy a relationship. Conflict is important, Sheila. We're not going to always agree. We need to learn and develop qualities, how to get along. And just like we saw that in COVID, we don't have to agree. Mm -hmm. We have to just respect. Respecting is just acceptance, right? Yeah. Important. And the other thing, when you are upset with somebody mm -hmm. and you want to explain that you're upset, we often say, you did this to me. Mm -hmm. You hurt me. Mm -hmm. You did this, right? 
it's very it's a it's really like a a, a trigger it sure is <laughs> it's terrible so we can say oh yeah i want to say i i feel um sorry when you talk to me that way or i right. feel unhappy when we don't have enough time together spent yeah. to spend or i instead of you never have time for me you know that right. there are different ways right so mm -hmm. this is huge how we get through a conflict I think that's such an important distinction to make too, because if you can imagine your partner saying that, for instance, to another man, he wouldn't care if he was always on his phone. Another man wouldn't care if you had long drawn out conversations about things. It truly is personal what our reaction is to our partner's actions. You have to put it in this in the realm of I. You, ha you have to say I first because that behavior might not impact someone else at all. They might not be upset by it in a in a minute, you know. Yeah, but when we're in the victim mode, Sheila, which is the whole point, we will say you. Yeah. Because that's how we feel. We feel sorry for ourselves at that moment that we're not getting enough attention. And again, that is a need not met. Mm -hmm. So what need is not being met in you? You can ask that question yourself that mm -hmm. you would feel a need to say that. Your yeah. I really love the idea of coming back to ourselves and really getting to know ourselves before we get into another relationship. Some people don't have that luxury. They've either partnered young or they've partnered wrong, but they want to stay for the sake of the kids. So how do you begin this inquiry if you're in a relationship that you think is faltering? Yeah, I always encourage people when they're in these situations to realize that decisions matter. Everything matters that we do. We, It's all our choice to have different experiences. We can say, oh, the one that stays in it because they don't want to have conflict and be alone, they're afraid to be alone, is, is the one, right? We really respect that person because they stuck in it for 50 years. But do we? These new kids are going to live 150 or more years. So I think it's going to become pretty normal that they learn how to say to each other, this isn't working anymore. We have to move on. Can we do this in a loving way? You have two choices too when you break up, right? Right. You can make it all about like, then you're the victim or then you're, you can go into that drama or you can be very loving. I, I knew a story of a lady. This is a true story. Um, she her husband was cheating on her and she was miserable. I mean, it was just, she found out very, but she's a very conscious woman. And so she didn't want to make him shame him. She already had the consciousness to say, I know this is happening. If you want to move on, you go. And the wow. weirdest thing was because she said that it didn't go like that. Reverse psychology. He's like, no, no, no. no. You, no, cannot, he, you cannot fire me. <laughs> she, she said, you can go. If this relationship serves you more, then you should go there. And wow. I will be fine. And that's where we need to get, though. Not attached to people where we love ourselves enough that we know it's not serving us anymore to be with someone who's also doing that. Because when you're doing that, the trust is broken, right? 
Do you have any great books or resources for people that see this problem arise again and again in their lives, that they're choosing the wrong partner, that they're in the same drama, that they find themselves, oh my gosh, here I go again. Do you have any suggestions for people who want to do more deep work on this? I, the book that came to my mind was a book when I was young, The Road Less Traveled. That's a, a beautiful book. Yeah. A beautiful book. But I know there's a lot of books on relationships. Yeah. Totally. I think what's important is to do the work on yourself because mm -hmm. we can collect data from all books. I mean, right. I have a great book because Happy Again is a book that one of my uh, teachers wrote about how to become happy again. Wow. After you. It's a beautiful book, very practical. But And she also wrote a book, The Soul Family, because she believes we have come from certain families but the point is that there are so many people out there that have great relationship tools. I think people need, it's not about collecting data. Mm -hmm. It's about re going into a personal development program. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage organizations you can join that work on this. Yeah. Because the world's changing, right? Yeah. But I think whatever you're attracted to is your next step. Trust it. We need to do the self-development work. It's all about frequency. And in the end, we attract a partner that is at our frequency. They're always different, by the way. They're different personality because we have to learn. But yeah. they're always similar frequency or we wouldn't be attracted. The thing is, let's say someone grows faster than the other. Mm -hmm. that's, when the, that's when it doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. Because this frequency has changed from the other. Mm -hmm. And so that's interesting, isn't it? So, well, especially when, it's interesting of, do you encourage the other partner to catch up? Do you honor the space that they're in and continue your own work? How long do you do that in parallel? How, how long do you do that on your own? You know, it's, it's a fascinating question. If you're always paying attention to that, there's always somebody who's ahead or behind. And I think that's the sole choice. Yeah like what I said, reason, season, or lifetime. If this is a lifetime partner, like a soulmate, you'll stick with it. Mm. If it's the reason, season one, no, you're going to move this on. Season, lifetime. That's the one we're going to end with today. Kathleen, do you have anything else that you want to add just around what people should be thinking about and aspiring to in terms of good relationship? I think the best relationships are those that where you love yourself, where you really, really can forgive yourself. And when you can do that, you can love another. Beautiful. 